our Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter 12. Today we're going to start a new series for the next few weeks, the next four to five weeks on faith. We finished the book of James last week and it was all about faith in action but there is also a part of faith that drives us, that teaches us to take steps of faith. To take steps of faith. We're praying and we're asking the Lord that He would allow us to look to Him as we take steps of faith. Now more than ever, the church has to be looking to the Lord. That's what we've titled today's message, Trust and Obey. Trust and Obey because there's no other way. <laughs> Trust and Obey God. And when we don't know what to do and when our faith is being tested, we have to trust and obey. Just imagine right now the state of our country now. As a church took a stand for righteousness, what are we to do now? What is it our responsibility now as Christians and as believers? Well, our responsibility is to continue to trust the Lord and to obey Him. Because we walk by now faith and we don't walk by sight. And we're waiting upon the Lord in faith. We're waiting upon the Lord when we don't understand. I love what, what David Jeremiah said when he said this. When we can't control the outcome, listen to this church, we trust the overseer. <laughs> when we can't control the outcome, we trust the overseer. Who's the overseer? God is the overseer. And he's overseeing everything that is taking place in our world, in our country right now. And it is our responsibility to trust him. And right now our faith is being tested. It is being stretched to its limits. This is why the church has to look into God's word and trust and obey so that we can continue growing in the area of faith. So that we can continue growing in the area of obedience now by doing one thing is by being in prayer and continuing to being grateful to the Lord. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, it says this, Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry, church, about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. What is our responsibility to do? To trust and obey. To not worry, to pray, to stay praying, to be praying, and to be grateful. You see, amid everything that's taking place in our world, we still have a reason to be grateful, and that's the grace of God. Because yes, as the grace of God is sufficient when things go favorably our way, the grace of God is still sufficient when things go don't go favorably our way. <laughs> His grace doesn't change. And we are called to, to not worry about anything, but pray about everything and to be grateful now to the Lord in our supplications and our requests. Now as we're studying in this new series on faith, on the results of believing God, we're going to start to see that the testings of faith and the taking steps of faith now require obedience. Taking steps of faith, notice this, and being tested in faith require obedience. Because steps of faith, as we're going to study today in the life of Abraham, take you to places of obedience. And that's exactly where we want to be, in the place of obedience. Abraham is noted to be a giant of faith in the Bible. And he was always stepping into the promises of God, Abraham. Every season of his life, God would test him, and God would test his forward-looking faith. Maybe today God is testing your faith. As you're looking forward into what the future looks like in our life, in our country, in your own personal now household, in our ministry even. But I can assure you one thing, that God is stretching His church and He is calling us together to take steps of faith. Here, I'm going to share with you four points today from the life of Abraham. Number one is God's word leads to faith. Would you remember that and write that down? God's word leads to faith. Number two, faith leads to obedience. Obedience leads to blessing. And then blessing, finally, number four, leads to testing. <laughs> yes, in Abraham's life, he learned that God's word leads to faith. Number two, that faith leads to obedience. 
Number three, that obedience leads to blessing. And finally, that blessing leads to testing. We're at Genesis chapter 12, and we're going to see how God is calling out Abraham to take steps of faith. Genesis 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, notice his name is Abram, which means exalted father. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out from your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Verse 4, so Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abraham took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and all the people whom they had acquired in Haran. And they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you, Jesus. Because, Lord, you've called us today to trust you and to obey. We pray that we would see in our lives the results of believing you. That we would see in our life the results of obedience. That we would see in our lives the results of faith. Of trusting you. Lord, speak to us. Lord, teach us that your word leads to faith. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Together the church would say, Amen. Now notice it says here in verse 12, the Lord had said to Abram. I want you to pay attention here because it says the Lord was saying. This is the word of the Lord to Abram now. This here is the preparation before the promise. You want to be prepared for the promise, it's in the word of God. This is the preparation before the presentation now. And we see that the Lord is speaking to Abram. It was God's word and Abram is listening to the voice of God to receive his calling from God. I want to encourage you today, church, get your calling from God. Don't get your calling from man. Don't get your calling from the world. Get your calling from God. Here we see that he's going to take a step of faith as he's listening to the voice of God or the word of the Lord. It is in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, that the Bible tells us this. The Apostle Paul says, so then faith comes from hearing or by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know how you grow in faith? How you take steps of faith? By hearing and hearing the word of God. By getting your calling from the word of God. And you see here that Abraham is receiving the word of God that leads him to faith. He's getting his calling from God. And notice what God's calling for him is. Notice the calling here in verse 1. The calling is, get out. <laughs> the calling is, step out. The calling is, Abraham, trust me now. Get out from where? He said, get out from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you and I will make you. Now, what is he saying, get out? He's saying, Abram, I want you to follow me, and I want you to get out from a place of convenience. I want you to get out from a place of comfort now. I want you to choose calling over comfort. How many times in your life has God called you to do something, and you chose comfort instead of choosing your calling? Because you're thinking about the circumstances that lie ahead instead of obeying and trusting what God has called you to do. There are too many times that often God calls us to do something and we live in the what if, in the convenience, instead of the calling and trusting and obeying God. And here what, what the Lord is telling Abram, he's saying, Abram, I want you to trust me and I want you to leave convenience. I want you to leave comfort. I want you to even leave safety now and step out. Now notice this, that only those that had no land... And only those that were fugitive, that were running away, would really leave their ancestral home. God is telling Abraham, leave your ancestral home. Leave all the security and the comfort that you have received. But notice that before we get to verse 10, we learn that when God calls now, he also directs. Would you remember that? When God calls, he also directs. There are many of us that are praying right now, asking, Lord, where is it that you've called me to do? Where? 
what have you called me to do? When God calls, he also directs. And in verse 2, it says, I will now show you. Verse 1, I will show you. I want you to go out to the place that I will show you. Now, underline your Bible here in the next few verses where the Lord says, I will show you. I will make you. I will bless you. Because this is all the plans of God. This is a work of God. This is a work, this is a byproduct of Abram listening to the word and the voice of God. Are you listening to the voice of God to get your calling from the Lord? And then trusting him with that calling? And then obeying him in that calling? Because he says, go to a place that I will show you. I'm going to direct you. But as you go to that place, here is a special promise that says, I will make you a great nation. Well, now here, the Lord is speaking to Abram. He's saying, I'm going to do a work in you, and I'm going to do a work through you, Abraham. This is my plans for your life. I'm going to, out of your faith, and out of your trust, and out of your obedience to me, notice here he says, I'm going to expand now your horizon and your capacity now as a man of God and as a leader. Do you see the word of the Lord coming now to Abram? Not only does he say that I'm going to expand your horizon and your capacity as you trust me and as you obey, but he says also, I will bless you as you go. (laughs) I'm going to send you now. You're going to go now with a blessing. How many of us know that when the Lord calls us to do something and we obey, there is blessing always in obedience? There's always blessing in obedience. I want you to go. I'm going to use you. Through you, I'm going to bless the nations. And he's saying here, I will bless you. And I will make, notice here, your name great. You see, the Lord not only tells Abram, I'm going to expand your capacity, your horizon. I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to give you influence. Where's the influence coming from? It's coming from faith. It's coming from obedience. It's not coming from within Abraham. It's coming from within his obedience to the Lord, his trust in the Lord. He said, I'm going to make you great. In fact, it says here, and you shall be a blessing. Not only will you be blessed, (laughs) you're going to be a blessing now. You're going to be blessed so that you can be a blessing to others. This is an uh, irrevocable promise. Oftentimes I speak with with the people that are looking to see where God has planted them to grow in a church or in a body of Christ. And they ask me, well, I, I'm just waiting on the Lord to confirm as to where, I to where am I to go, what am I to do. And, and we can go back to this verse and say, where God calls you, He calls you to be blessed and He calls you to be a blessing. <laughs> ask yourself right now in life, are you being blessed and are you a blessing to other people? This is how you grow in faith. When you are not only being blessed, but also you are being a blessing now. And he says, I want you to go out so that you are blessed and so that you are a blessing. See, the problem oftentimes is that we miss out on the blessing from God blessing our lives and using our lives because we choose to not go where he calls us to go. Are you being obedient to the Lord when he calls you? I mean, when was the last time that the Lord called you to do something and maybe you put excuses? And you say, Lord, I'll do anything but leave comfort, but leave convenience, but leave safety, Lord. I want to stay where where you have me now. And the Lord is saying, no, but I want to use you beyond where I have you now. Let's keep reading here, verse 3. Because the call comes also with a promise. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to bring a nation out of you, he's telling Abram. And those that bless you, Abram, I'm going to bless them. And those that curse you, I'm going to curse them. What is the hand of God here demonstrating the voice of God? That the hand of God would be with Abram. The hand of protection. The hand of providence. The hand that would defend now Abram now. In fact, he goes on and he says in verse 3, And in you, or through you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And because you trust, and because of you obey, I will bless others through you now. Do you see here that Abram now is under divine orders? When you hear the voice of God, when God is speaking to you, when He is calling you, when He is showing you something through His Word, you know what you are? You are under divine orders. 
What you do with those orders, whether you obey or disobey now, will reflect the blessing that is coming on your life that is to do with obedience. That is to do with trusting in the Lord. And yes, this is a promise to Abram for the nation of Israel that still stands true today for a nation called Israel, which means governed by God. So think about it. If you are a person, if you are a man or a woman that trusts God, that's saying, I'm governed by God, then this applies to you. <laughs> this applies to you that you are to obey the Lord where He calls, when He calls now, so that He can bless you, so that you go out with a blessing, and that through you and through your obedience and your faith, others are also blessed. Not only do we know here and we see that God's word leads to faith, but faith leads to obedience. Look at verse 4, where faith leads to obedience. Here Abram heard the voice of God, but now he's going to obey the voice of God. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. Oftentimes the Lord speaks to us and we want to show other people what he said. <laughs> we want to find out what it means in a different translation. <laughs> We want to make sure that it really was for us. I heard recently a pastor say, when you hear the word of God and the word of God is speaking to you, you go to church and you receive the message as if it was for you and for you alone. <laughs> you see what Abraham received this word? This is for me. And what did he do? He responded in obedience now. As the Lord had spoken. Underline that in your Bible because that's so true. What did he do? He departed as the Lord had spoken, as the Lord had instructed him. This is the obedience to the call now. He was obeying, following the call of God. He was obeying, following the voice of God. You see that his calling not only came from God, but he was listening to the Lord without reluctance, without a delay now. He wasn't being disobedient. He wasn't showing partial obedience, but he responded to the command. Are you responding to the command of obedience to the, now? That whatever it is that God has called you to do, that you would step out in obedience and say, without reluctance, Lord, without delay, I'm going to step into obedience because I know that in stepping into obedience, I'm also stepping into your promises. And that's where we want to live now. And now he stepped out. It says he departed as the Lord had spoken to him as, or as the Lord had given him a command. And notice what happened to Abram. It says, and Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. <laughs> How many times have you said, you know what, well maybe I, I want to do this for God, but I have reasons or excuses on why I should not do this anymore. <laughs> we put up excuses for the Lord. I remember when the Lord first called us out to start a ministry in a church. And, and, and we called us out to go out to a community center. And I, and I was praying and wrestling with the idea of the Lord calling us out. And I remember telling the Lord, Lord, well, I can't do this because I don't have, you know, the sound. or I don't have the equipment or we don't have the finances and resources to take us out and to do what you called us to do. And then the Lord started to provide the resources. <laughs> and the Lord started to provide the equipment. And then the Lord provided the sound. The Lord provided everything that we needed. And then finally the Lord told me, now... The only thing that you do not have is an excuse. <laughs> How many times do we come to the Lord with excuses? You see, God's people are not to live on excuses. God's people live on promises. And promises are only experienced in faith. Promises are only experienced in faith. Abram went, notice, when he was 75 years old, he departed. You know, he, he departed, and, and I really believe that he tells us that with 75 years old, but he's talking about timing. 75 years old, now God's ready to give you the promises. And then he departs. It tells us that God's timing is different than our timing. Oftentimes we say, Lord, we want the promise right now. And God says, I just want you to wait because I'm developing new character. And finally now, Abraham, you're 75 years old. You're right where I need you. You're ready to step out now. <laughs> you see... It is never too late in life to take fresh new steps of faith. And we ought to never use that as an excuse to say, Lord, I am too comfortable, I am too safe, I am too in my ways that I no longer am willing to take a step of faith. What is keeping you from being willing to take a step of faith? You know, God has your number and he will call. The answer is, will you answer the call? 
How often has God called you and you ignored the call and the voice of God when he says, hey, I'm trying to speak to you. I want you to go. Because a step of faith is not simply about going forward. A step of faith is about walking in obedience. You know, Abraham could have said, going would be being outside of the will of God because I'm leaving all of this, that God has given me this comfort, this safety, this convenience, my family, my country, everything that I've known. This is out of the will of God. But no, when he heard the voice of God, what was out of the will of God if he would have stayed? <laughs> and just as much as going for some people can be outside of the will of God, when you hear the voice of God, staying is also out of the will of God. <laughs> You see why he had to be so obedient to God, but he was so fully invested in obedience. Verse 5, it says that Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son now, and all his possessions, everything. He left nothing behind. That they had gathered and all the people. He took the people whom they had acquired or everyone that he brought in, all the servants he brought into his house in Haran. And they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. You see, he was all invested. He was fully into the call. He was obedient now with no regrets, with no reserves, and with no retreats. Oftentimes, we want to step out in faith, but we want to live a little behind just in case we fail when we step out. We can go back, and we have something to fall back on. <laughs> you see that Abram said, you know what, I'm not, I don't have anything to fall back on because I'm taking everything with me. I'm taking everything with me. This is, this is true obedience. This is truly trusting in God. And it said that he took everyone, all his possessions, all his family, all his servants. They were all in. And it says, and they departed to go to the land or the promised land of Canaan. Canaan was the promised land. And they departed to go. But notice what happened at the end of this verse, verse 5. They departed to go. And then it says, so they came. This is incredible here. Not only did they depart to go, not only did they depart, they also arrived. Oftentimes, when the Lord calls us to take a step of faith, we start, but we never finish. And, and we explore the option. We, we get excited and mobilized about taking steps of faith. But do we ever arrive at the promised land that God has for us? You know why he arrived? Because it was a, a life of long obedience in the same direction. It wasn't temporary obedience. It was an obedience that was for a season. It was long obedience in the same direction. Oftentimes as believers, we want to obey the Lord until it gets difficult. And then we want to sit it out for a season. We want to obey the Lord until it gets convenient. And then we want to sit it out for a, re for a season. No, Abraham's life was a life of long obedience in the same direction. Let's read verse 6 here. Abraham passed through the land to the place of Shechem as far as a Terambrath tree or the oak tree of Morah. And all the Canaanites were then in the land. The land was inhabited already. And he, as he's passing through, he comes to a place of Shechem here. And there he sees in the land of Canaan, as he has arrived now, that the place is inhabited. You see, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, it speaks of the hall of faith as we know it. And Abraham is inducted in the hall of faith because he obeyed God when God called him to go out. Hebrews 11 verse 8 says this, By faith Abraham obeyed. You know it takes faith to obey when God calls you to one season or another. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. By faith he obeyed and he went where God called. And he went out not knowing where he was going. <laughs> That always really sinks into my heart. He went not knowing where he was going. How often do we say, Lord, I'll go. I just need to know where I'm going. <laughs> no, real faith says, Lord, I'll go even when I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> Oftentimes the Lord is going to take us from A through Z. And we want to know every single step along the way. And the Lord says, no, once you go to B, then I'll tell you what C looks like. Until you get finally to the place of promise that I have for your life. But it requires you to trust and obey. Will you obey? He went out not knowing where he was going. It says here, verse 9, Hebrews eleven nine. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country. He wasn't from there. But he lived in it as in a foreign country, it says. 
dwelling there by faith. He dwelt there in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited now for the city which the foundations whose builder and maker is God. He was willing to step out in faith and he was willing also to wait in faith. So what do we know? That God's word leads to faith. Faith leads to obedience. Number three, obedience leads to blessing. Once he arrives, there is a blessing there. Once he arrives, there is a blessing. Verse seven, let's look at now how obedience leads to blessing. This is where the Lord's promise that he've already told Abram, where his promise is confirmed. How many of you guys are so grateful that when you step out in faith along the way, God continues to give you confirmation? That's so amazing about the Lord. That when you are sensitive to hear the voice of God, you're saying, Lord, I am aware that you are calling me to do this. I am aware, Lord, that you are directing my life. And if you want direction, you're going to say, I'm going to be sensitive to your voice. I'm going to go and seek your voice and your word and nowhere else but your word. If you have that mind to say, I'm going to seek the voice of God in the word of God, along the way, he's going to continue to give you confirmation. We need confirmation from God. Because this world wants to distract us. But when you have confirmation from the word of God, you can hold on to the word of God when you think you are becoming lost. You know why a lot of people don't arrive where God wants them to be? Because they didn't hold on to the word of God along the way. And we got lost. Now notice here what happens in verse 7 as obedience leads to blessing. And the promise is confirmed. And the Lord appeared to Abram. Circle the word where it says appear now. Because it says, and God met Abram. That's amazing. Or God met with Abram. He made an appearance to Abram. And said, this is amazing, it was his presence and it was his voice. God appeared to him, his presence was there and his voice was there because he said. And, he, and the Lord went there with confirming words. Notice what the words were. To your descendants, I will give this land. Again, confirming what God has already said. His presence, his voice confirmed, I will give this land. And notice as he goes on, and there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. So what did he do? God met with Abram. The Lord appeared to him in presence and in voice. And what does he do now? He builds an altar for worship. He responds in worship. You see, when the Lord confirms to us what he wants us to do, you know what he does, why he does it? So that we can respond in adoration. And we can respond in surrender. The building of the altar was a place of worship. The building of the altar was saying, Lord, I surrender to that plan. When God tells you what his plans are for your life, not when you tell him what the plans are for your life, <laughs> when he tells you what the plans are for your life, do you respond in worship and in surrender now? And this is amazing because it says the Lord appeared to him. You know what that means? That God always goes before us <laughs> and that he has a word of encouragement ready. And you see that Abraham, as he arrived, what happened? The Lord appeared before him. The Lord was going there before him, and he has such a word of confirmation ready to encourage him. Not only that, but in verse 8, it says, And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel. So he continued to journey now along the way to go now to the place where God wanted him to settle. He moved there to Bethel now and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built, notice here, an altar to the Lord, and he called on the name of the Lord. Notice it says in verse 9, So Abraham journeyed, going on still toward the south. You see the consistent obedience of Abraham that he continues to go? He moved, and then he built an altar. You know why he built that second altar? The first altar, the Lord appeared to him. The second altar, he called on the Lord. <laughs> you see, when you go to the Lord... You're going before his presence. The altar represents the presence of God. The altar represents the place of prayer. The altar represents the place of offering. The altar represents the place of meeting with the Lord. And he called on the name of the Lord. Notice what it says here now. And then he journeyed on still. You see, that word still is amazing because it says, and he continued journeying now toward the south. It was one step of faith. That led him to another step of faith. That led him to another step of faith now. And he was building these altars. 
You know what the altar also signified here for Abraham? This was, this was a public proclamation now that he was surrendering to God. In fact, what he was doing is he was evangelizing. It was a public proclamation now. He was telling others about the Lord as he was doing this, and God commanded him, Abram, you're going to be a blessing. And what does he do? He does exactly what God tells him to do. He starts to build an altar and becomes a blessing for other people. What has the Lord said Abram right here in these verses? He promises to bless Abram. And if you continue reading the story, you start to see as he continues journeying, the Lord, the Lord promises, just like I said, I will bless you. I'm going to make you the father of many nations. And I'm going to bless you with a son. In fact, it says that, that when the Lord spoke to Abram that he was going to give him a son, Abram said, no way, it is too late for you to give me a son. And the Lord said, is it your timing that matters or is it my timing that matters? In fact, Sarah, his wife, as she was in a tent, she heard the voice of God speaking to Abraham. She started laughing at Abraham. Yeah, right. You're, we're going to have a son? In fact, she says, because we don't have a son, because I cannot give birth, here, go me and, and, and go into the tent with my servant, now Hagar, and have a son with her. And, and Abram does what any man does. He just obeys his wife, whatever she says. Obediently, he submits to, all right, honey, I'll go and do that. And you see here now, listen to this, church. You see here now how oftentimes a work of the Spirit can try to be completed in the flesh. Do you think God's promises are completed in the flesh? No, they're completed in the Spirit. They're completed in the Spirit. Let us never try to fulfill God's promises in the flesh. And you saw that Sarah got a little impatient and she said, no, just go in and have a son with my servant now. Trying to complete what God had said in the Spirit, the promises of God in the flesh or out of timing. It's often interesting that God gives us a word of promise. And instead of us waiting for that promise to be unfold on God's timing, we try to rush things. And you know what that is? That's all a work of the flesh. God doesn't bless the work of the flesh. God blesses the work of the Spirit. And finally, in Genesis chapter 15, verse 6, the Lord told Abram that he would give him a son and his name would be Isaac. And it says that, the, and Abram believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Now Abraham has a son. Obedience leads to blessing. The son was the blessing. But blessing leads finally to testing. Let's go to Genesis chapter 22. Blessing leads to testing. We see that Abraham heard the voice of the Lord, get out. The word of the Lord leads to faith. Then in verse 4, Abraham stepped out. Faith leads to obedience. When he arrives now, the Lord promises him a blessing. And the uh, obedience leads to blessing now. But now as the blessing is revealed, which is in a son, Isaac, the blessing now is tested. Notice this, when God calls you to step out, when God blesses your life, when the Lord is calling you into ministry or to minister to your family or to be a mother or to be a father and you're giving your kids unto the Lord or, or your marriage unto the Lord and you're putting it before the altar and you're saying, Lord, thank you for this blessing that you've given us, God will bless you and then he will test you as well. <laughs> If you think that the blessings don't come with testings, then we have to stop and listen to the voice of God. Because the blessings will come with testings. Now you see here in Genesis chapter 22 that now the Lord will test the faith of Abraham. And notice that his name is Abraham now because his name went from exalted father to father of many nations. Do you see how his identity is not in who Abraham is but in who God calls Abraham to be? <laughs> From exalted father to father of many nations. And it says, now it came to pass, Genesis 22 verse 1. These things that God tested Abraham and said to Abraham now. God tasted Abraham. Who did the test? It was God doing the test. And he was going to reveal the faith in Abraham. He was going to reveal the true character of Abraham. And the Lord was speaking again to Abraham. And he said, this is how we have to respond when the Lord calls us. When he said, Abraham, he said, here I am. Oftentimes the Lord calls us and we say, here I'm not. <laughs> Abraham says, here I am. That word here I am is saying, I'm listening 
I'm available, I'm ready to obey. <laughs> when you open the word of God, this is what you're doing. You're saying, Lord, I'm, I'm listening, I'm available, I'm ready to obey. Here I am. I want you to speak to me and I'm ready to respond in obedience to whatever you say. Without excuses. Not questioning your will for my life. Now verse 2 it says, then he said, take your son, your only son Isaac. Take the blessing now. Take the blessing now. Whom you love. I know you love him, he reminds them. And go to the land of Moriah or Mount Moriah now. And offer him there a burnt offering one on of the mountains of which I will tell you. Go and offer him on one of the mountains that I'm going to tell you. Again, when God calls, he also directs. And he's going to say, all right, Abraham, I want, I'm going to test you. I'm going to see how much you love me. I want to see how loyal you are to me. You know, oftentimes we become more loyal to the, to the gifts instead of the giver. To the blessing instead of he who provided that blessing. And he says to Abraham, notice what he says, I want you to go and I want you to offer me on the altar that which you love. This is amazing now because God calls us to the place of the altar in different times in our lives, in different seasons. And he says, I, I want to see if you're ready to offer me everything at the altar, that which you love. It's been said that faith is not only believing in spite of evidence, or it's not believing in spite of evidence, but it's believing in spite of consequences. <laughs> That's true faith. Faith is believing in spite of consequences. Go offer me your son, Abraham. I want to see how much you love me. How much do you trust me? How much are you ready to obey me? I want to see your character now, Abraham. Now that you're in a place of blessing. You see, when we're in a place of blessing, God wants to go and he wants to look at your character. To see if you still love him the way you did once. And yes, Abraham loved his son. Listen to this, please, church. Yes, Abraham loved his son, but he loved God more. He loved God more. Ask yourself, is there anything that I love more than God? Even in your marriage, is there anything that you love more than the Lord? I've seen so many marriages that have such a tough time because they love one another more than they love God. I love what I've heard before it say that your marriage will fail the moment that you love one another more than you love the Lord. You know that a blessing can be turned into an idol? And oftentimes in our flesh, we make idols out of blessings. Abraham was a perfect example that he never made Isaac an idol. He never made him an idol. And he always held on to Isaac with an open hand. Lord, you do what you want. Notice as we continue reading here, because in verse 3, Abraham does what he did before. <laughs> so Abraham rose early in the morning now. Complete obedience. Faith in action. Trusting in God. Going to the place where God told him to go. And he saddled his donkey. And he took two of his young men with him. And Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering. And he arose and went to the place which God had told him. Lord, you want me to go to that place? That's where that place I'll go. And you want me to surrender at that place? I'll surrender at that place. And you want me to give you everything? That I'll give you everything. You want me to offer Isaac? Who's your Isaac in life? What is the Isaac in your life that God has called you to offer to him at the altar? And you're saying, Lord, not, not today. Let me do it tomorrow. The next day, he rose early in the morning. He did not wait. He did not delay in his obedience. And he said, Lord, I'm willing to go. Now notice what happens here in the very next verse. And on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place so far. He's arriving at Moriah where God called him to go. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with a donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. Do you see the faith? God, Abraham knew that even if he did sacrifice his son and offer his son, you know what he knew? The Lord has the power to resurrect him because we're going to come back. <laughs> he was determined to go. He was determined to worship and he was determined to come back. <laughs> and notice what he says, I want you to stay here now. I don't want you to come with me, sir. I, I need you to stay here. And he's telling them that because he doesn't want anyone to restrain him from doing what God called him to do. 
Are there people oftentimes that you bring along in your life that are restraining you from doing what God called you to do? God's called you to complete obedience, but this person is restraining you. God's calling you to absolute surrender, but this, this commitment in life is pulling you away from the altar where God has said, I want you to offer Isaac there. That which you love so much, are you willing to offer it to him? You see, Abraham went confident in what God had already said. God already said, I'm going to bless you, and it's going to be through your son Isaac now. I'm going to bless you. But this was the ultimate demonstration of faith, of trust, and of love now. Notice that. Isaac was the gift that Abraham received from God, but the gift now had to become the sacrifice to God. That gift that he loved, that he held in his heart so closely and dear, had to become the sacrifice to God. What does he teach us here, Abraham? That if the gift becomes more important than the giver, it has become an idol. If the gift becomes more important than the giver, it has become an idol. Abraham said, my son is not an idol. I'll offer it, my son as well. Verse 7, notice, as he continued to go, it says, so Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. Just imagine what his son is thinking as they continue walking up the mountain. And he took the fire in his hand and the knife, and the two of them went together now. That word together means that they went willingly. The word together means it was an emphasis that he's already told us now once, and this is the second time he uses the word together because they're going willingly. They're not complaining along the way, I have to sacrifice my son and, and, and trying to avoid it. No, he's going together. He's going willingly now. He kept trusting God as he was walking that God would provide, that God was in control now. He was waiting on the Lord and he was trusting in God. And notice how he says as he goes on in this very next verse. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, notice Isaac, young Isaac, doesn't understand what's happening. Just imagine him walking with his father. And he said, Here I am, my son. He said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for a burnt offering? Said, Dad, well, where's, the, where's the animal? <laughs> We don't have the lamb. What are we going to offer, Lord, uh, Father? We don't have an, a sacrifice to offer at the altar. And notice what, in verse 8, the lesson that Abraham taught his son, Isaac. And Abraham said, my son, God will provide. In obedience and in faith, you know what you learn? That God provides. Would you underline that? Would you remember that? That God provides now. And here he's teaching his son, we're trusting in the Lord to provide. We're trusting in the Lord that when we go and offer everything to him, he will provide. This is what absolute surrender looks like. And he says, God will provide for himself. It's going to be for himself. The lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went again, second time, together. They went willingly. They went knowing, willingly, that God was going to provide now. And he continues saying this, Now, then they came to the place which God had told them, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order now. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Now, just imagine how that conversation went. Son, I need you to lay down now. You know what Isaac does? Isaac sees the faith in his father. And Isaac is such a picture for us of Christ. Because our heavenly father, what did he do? He went and he sacrificed his son Jesus for us so that we would be blessed through the son. What a perfect sacrifice. Isaac, you know what Isaac did? He, said, he submitted it to his father's will. And he laid now at the altar. He permitted himself to be bound at the altar. When the father wants to put you on the altar, do you permit yourself to be bound there? But he's saying, no way, I'm out of here. There is no lamb, there is no sacrifice. I am out of here. <laughs> He's requiring everything of me. You want me to go on the altar, Lord? But in verse 10, it says this, And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Just imagine. That is true, real faith. He was stretching out his hand in faith. Maybe afraid, but still trusting God. <laughs> maybe doubting, but still trusting God. The Lord, you're going to do something. And he was going to slay his son. He was going to offer up Isaac, verse 11, but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. Do you see how the Lord oftentimes calls you to the altar? 
And he wants to see your faith. And at the very last moment, he'll stop you and he says, I just wanted to see whether or not you would trust me. <laughs> there are times in our life that God is going to call us to take steps of faith. And at the end, he says, I just want to see if you would offer me everything. Will you give me Isaac? And he stops him here now. Notice what happens as he stops him in verse 10. It says, so he said, here I am. He's listening to the voice of God as he's taking the steps of faith. With the same attitude, he says, I'm ready to listen to the voice of God. And notice what the Lord says, the angel of the Lord. He said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. I know now that you fear God. Because you're willing to give me everything. Notice as he continues, it says, Since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Look at that word that says withheld. Are you withholding something that God wants you to give to him right now? Because absolute surrender doesn't happen until you, there is nothing that you would withhold from God. Nothing that you would withhold. And God maybe is calling you right now to lay at the altar ambition. Lay at the altar success. <laughs> lay at the altar your plans. Your affections. Your earthly hopes. Put those at the altar. I want you to trust me. Give those to me now. And I'm going to bless you as you trust and as you obey. Is there anything that you are unwilling to give to God? Or you are withholding from him? Anything. Because here, the Lord said to Abraham, now I know that you truly fear me because there's nothing that you're unwilling to withhold from me. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17, it says, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, he offered Isaac, and, he, and when he had received the promise, he offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up now even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. Now notice this. God had told Abraham, it is through Isaac that I'm going to bless you. But this is the same son that he's saying, I want you to offer to me. If you knew that God was going to bless you through one means, and he says through this very same means that I am going to bless you through, I want you to offer me that, would you be willing to do it? Or would you give him an excuse on why you wouldn't? In verse 13, it says this now as we continue. Then Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. He found a ram. So Abraham went, and he took the ram and offered it up on the, at, for a burnt offering instead of his son. And the, Abraham called the name of the place. Notice how God reveals himself to Abraham in a new way after he passed the test. <laughs> after you pass the test, God will reveal himself to you in a new way. And you know what he called that place? And he, he called the name of the place the Lord will provide. That's one of the covenant names of the Lord in Hebrew, Jehovah Jireh. Isn't it amazing when the Lord tests you to trust and obey? He teaches you that he is Jehovah Jireh. God will provide. God will provide, God will minister to you and provide in any season of your life. Notice what Abraham was doing. He was trusting in the hand of God for provision now. And he had so much to be grateful there at the altar as he surrendered completely. He learned that God provides in every step of the way as he takes steps of faith now. And in every season of faith where God guides, what do we know? God provides. You see Jehovah Jireh here? This is a picture, a perfect picture that also our heavenly father has provided the perfect lamb jesus his son for the atonement and the sacrifice for your sins and for my sins and finally you see here as he realizes that god has provided in verse 15 the angel of the lord called abraham a second time out of heaven and said by myself i have sworn says the lord because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son your only son Blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars in the heavens. You will be blessed, and you will be multiplied, and as the sand which are on the seashore, and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. The gate of their enemies is you will control the city of your enemies. And I will multiply you, and I will bless you, and many people will be blessed by you. Notice that he says, in your seed, or through you, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed 
because you obeyed my voice. See, oftentimes we don't see how trusting and obeying the Lord is a place of usefulness. God will use you and he will use your faith and God will use your obedience to bless other people. Is God using your faith and obedience today to bless other people? Is he using you as you're trusting in the Lord and the Lord alone? Abraham's, notice this, Abraham's faith was not proved in what he gained. (laughs) And a lot of times we think Abraham, we think his faith was proved in everything that he gained. No, it was not proved in what he gained. Abraham was, his faith was proved in what he was willing to let go. And what he was willing to let go. And you know when your faith is proved, the character of your faith is proved? When the Lord says, give me that. (laughs) Trust me with that. Trust me with this. The character of Abraham was revealed. Verse 19, finally, so Abraham returned to this young man and they rose and went together to Beersheba and Abraham dwelt at Beersheba now. It is in Romans chapter 4 verse 20 that says this, he, speaking of Abraham, did not waver at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith and he gave God all the glory and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform. Romans 8, Romans 4.20. What does it tell us? That Abraham was an example of not wavering at the promise, but knowing that what God had promised, he was able to perform. Do you believe that what God has promised in your life, he can also perform? Well, you know what you ought to do? Not waver at the promise. How do we waver? We waver in doubt. We waver in disbelief. We start to go our own way. We try to make the promise now through the works of the flesh, like Hagar. But God says, no, wait for my timing, Isaac, and then offer me Isaac at the altar. (laughs) You see, we learned three very important lessons as we finish today in regards to faith in the life of Abraham. That Number one, Abraham walked by faith and not by sight. Are you walking by faith or are you walking by sight today? You know when you're walking by sight? When you make a lot of complaints and you make a lot of excuses. When you say, Lord, I'm not willing to do that. You're walking by sight. Abraham walked by faith and not by sight. He was trusting and obeying. Number two, Abraham trusted in God even when he didn't understand. Abraham trusted in God even when he didn't understand. There are times where God is going to call you to do things that you don't understand, but you must trust God. And number three, finally, I love this. Abraham didn't question God's plans. (laughs) Have you ever questioned God's plans? Have you ever questioned his commands? Oh, Lord, those are not my plans. Oh, Lord, I want to question your plans. Abraham showed true faith in that he did not question God's plans or God's commands. He trusted and he obeyed. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you.